Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, X-Zone Radio TV. For more information on the X-Zone Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.xzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. 
Hello, dear friends. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts with today's leading scientific and esoteric experts, supporting the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring evolution of the soul. Spiritual evolution, both personal and as a species, is a fascinating topic that we'll continue to explore from many viewpoints on Mission Evolution Radio Show. It is, after all, the opportunity of this lifetime. However, while we've been focused on evolving through our current incarnation, one aspect we have yet to touch upon is the evolution of the human spirit. This exploration raises many questions. Is there such a thing as past lives? Do we reincarnate? If so, what's the purpose of coming back again and again? Do we incarnate in places other than Earth? Do we evolve during this reincarnation process, or do we just have to start all over again every lifetime? With us to delve into this intriguing topic is Tricia McCannon, author of The Angelic Origins of the Soul, Discovering Your Divine Purpose. Tricia is an American clairvoyant, historian, and teacher who's traveled the world in search of answers to the greatest mysteries of the ages. As a mystical symbologist and researcher, she's an initiate of many ancient systems of knowledge and the author of 13 online books and 35 DVDs. Tricia is the founder of the Phoenix Fire Lodge Mystery School in Atlanta, a reverend in the International Assembly of Spiritual Healers, and a bishop in the Madonna Mysteries. Her website, TriciaMcCannonSpeaks.com. Tricia, thank you for joining us on Mission Evolution. Oh, what a pleasure to be with you this morning, Gwilda. Thanks for having me. Let's start with a little bit about you. What is involved in becoming a reverend in the International Assembly of Spiritual Healers? Well, I think that assembly is a a movement towards universal oneness, and it's very much about looking at the commonalities uh, among all the different religions and spiritual paths of the world, because, you know, all these paths have an exoteric level or an outer level, which has a lot to do with ritual and dogma and rules and regulations, and those are very man-made and have developed over, you know, sometimes centuries. But all of them started with an inspired spiritual teacher, uh, and they all have an esoteric level. And the esoteric level is actually teaching us how to make that connection with the divine spiritual forces for ourselves, so we don't have to take someone's word for it. We don't have to, you know, get caught up in habit and dogma and rules and regulations and shame and blame and guilt and all those crazy things we all get caught up in. And uh, instead, we can begin to have our own spiritual experiences where we soul travel, or astral travel, where we have, we meet our spiritual guides, where we come into touch with our own essence or our own being, and we realize that the sacred or the divine lives in every one of us, and actually in everything, every plant, every animal. Um, you know, there's an old saying that consciousness sleeps in the rocks, it feels in the plants, it thinks in the animals, and in humans we have a chance to become spiritually awakened and self-realized. So I think okay, that so that path is all about that universal oneness. What What is a mystical symbologist? Well, the ancient teachers uh, hid their knowledge in hermetic symbols. And hermetic symbols are, we're used to symbols because we work on the computer. We have the save symbol, we have the back symbol, you know, we see stop signs that tell us to yield or stop. Or Those are exoteric symbols that tell us to take an action in the outside world. Esoteric symbols or hermetic symbols uh, deal with abstract concepts like peace, 
uh, integrity, justice, wisdom, truth. Uh, these are things that, you know, it's hard to come up with a symbol for. But the ancients encoded their knowledge uh, into these hermetic symbols that act as keys to doors that open up higher consciousness in every one of us. So if you weren't an initiate, you know, you just see an owl. But let's just, that's just an example. Or you see a cross, or you see a lion, or you see an eagle. But if you are an initiate, you understand that the lion, you know, is um, connected, for example, with uh, the heart, with the power of the sun, with Leo, which is the only astrological sign that's overseen by the sun, which is 97% of the mass in the solar system. When you see the so owl, to, you realize that we're talking about someone who can see in the darkness, a clairvoyant. Do these, do these symbols mean the same thing for everyone? Or, you know, is it kind of a universal unconscious or subconscious thing? Or do they have different meanings for different people? Uh, it is It is universal. It is universal. And, um, you know, I think that this is a language that the soul knows at a very deep level. But, of course, um, we have been conditioned by our societies to believe certain things so we can have filters, fear filters. For example, the snake. You know, the snake is a symbol of, it was always a symbol of wisdom or enlightenment because of the rising of the kundalini through the spine that brings us to enlightenment. You know, it's, it's the only animal we know that sheds its skin and dies while it's still alive, so moves into a higher state of consciousness. But in the patriarchal religions, the snake became demonized. And so, you know, um, and then if you go into Freudian psychology, they're going to tell you the snake has to do with sexuality and the man's phallus. So we can have these societal um, uh, filters that have been laid over these symbols that can misconstrue them in our psyche. But the serpent was always a symbol of enlightenment. This is why the pharaohs had it, you know, like the cobra coming out of their forehead and, uh, and so forth. And this okay. is why in India you've got the big cobras overseeing Buddha, you know, as he's meditating. So would you define the soul as we're going to be referring to it today? Well, the soul is a spark of God. Um, you know, the divine, I think, um, decided to create the manifest realms, the lower worlds. You know, that's where we are, the worlds of form and time and space and contrast. Uh, I think in order to um, give souls a playground for learning. And, of course, what are we learning? Uh, hopefully, what we're going to learn is compassion um, understanding, patience, wisdom, uh, tolerance, um, how to work together, how to be independent and how to be interdependent. Um, you know, there's a million lessons that we're all working on. And in the back of my book, my... How, how do you, excuse me, where do you get your information on all of this? Well, you know, I'm an initiate of many different spiritual paths. Um, Which I've ones? Been, well, I've been clairvoyant since I was a child. I've had clairaudience and clairvoyance. Uh, when I was eight, you know, I, I, I grew up across from a great forest, so I could see the elementals in the forest, and this angel of the forest, overlighting angel, appeared to me and began to teach me when I was eight years old about the great chain of being, how the light and sound of God are stepped down through the dimensions to eventually form the physical world. So your, and, your information comes from esoteric forms. 
Yes, both inner experience and very powerful masters and guides that have been my teachers, and also uh, from uh, really the wisdom of the ages. I'm trained in the Egyptian teachings, the Celtic, Native American teachings. Where, where did you get your training? Oh, my goodness. Um, I guess you probably haven't had a chance to read my book, The Return of the Divine Sophia. That was my book before the one that we're talking about today. Um, and I tell the story in that of how, um, you know, how in my books, I, I, there, I have four books out. Dialogues of the Angels explains how when I was 19, uh, I met a group of masters called the Viragi or the Sahaji Masters. These are masters that had a robe. A, ro- uh, a roadmap to all the inner planes. Okay, so so let's clarify. You met them in the physical form, or is this another esoteric uh, encounter? Oh, in, the, in the physical form. I was at school at Florida State University. Uh, I uh, saw this poster that said, The Voice of the Master. It was a meeting that was supposed to happen one evening. I had a film history class, but I went over there, although I was late. I got there in the last 30 minutes. I walked in, and there was a guy speaking who had a, a God Worlds chart that had all the dimensions on it. And suddenly, the guides that had been working with me my whole life uh, spoke in my head and said, This is the path I placed you on, beloved. Follow it. And this guy was talking about the ability that we all have to learn to shift our consciousness and soul travel while we're still in the physical body. So we don't have to take someone's word for it and wait until we die to find out what's on the other side. Well, this was my kind of path. It was, you know, evidence-based, and I could prove it for myself. I loved that. And so the next weekend, there was an international uh, symposium with 5,000 people, and I, I, I wound up getting a ride with somebody. I was in college. I didn't have a car. And I wound up going to this symposium, and I met the spiritual master. And um, I was and very... Where, where was he trained? Where did he get his uh, mastery, so to speak? Uh, the Far East. And he was part of a lineage uh, that's now at 975 masters in an unbroken lineage. And... Um, they, you know, they come into the world. They've been both male and female uh, masters. And uh, he, um, I remember, you know, the first night. Well, we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to pick up on this on the other side of a commercial break. Sorry no to interrupt. No um, But we do, we do have to take a little pause here. And Trisha and I will return on the other side. So don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show. Coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. We'll be back. You stay right there. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center 
designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Path Home Shamanic Art School proudly presents the Gathering of Shaman 2019 Fall Retreat, Manifestation Samhain. Join me, Certified Shamanic Instructor Gwilda Wiecka, in the magnificent Colorado Mountains this November 2nd and 3rd for a life-changing event. Participate in unique teachings and ceremonies that will put the power and magic of shamanic manifestation into your hands. Sit in circle with like-minded individuals, sharing group energy and the power it generates. Classes will be held in a facility next to the beautiful, majestic Arkansas River, further empowering the experience. Space is limited, so reserve your spot today. For more information, visit findyourpathhome.com or email touchin at findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Our guest this hour is Tricia McCannon. Her website, TriciaMcCannonSpeaks.com. Tricia, but where does the soul come from? I mean, I, I know I'm asking all the tough questions here, but where, where does the soul come from? Well, the masters call it the ocean of love and mercy. The infinite okay, I'm, ocean. I'm sorry, let's, let's back up again. Who are the masters? Uh, the masters are people who have taken the journey that we are all on and actually managed to uh, um, achieve spiritual liberation within uh, the lifetime, their last lifetime. So in other words, we are all souls. We are all sparks in the body of God. We all come down from the ocean of love and mercy. We come down through these dimensional levels. Because the soul is so pure, it can't survive without a sheath or a body, just like you can't really survive down here without a physical body. You know, you could, when your physical body dies, you could stick around and be a ghost or something, but then most people aren't going to be able to see you. It would be pretty frustrating. So when the soul comes down, it takes on a soul body in the seventh dimension, the soul plane, it takes on a spiritual, etheric, or buddhic body 
in the sixth plane and the fifth dimensional plane that takes on a causal body, which is the memory body that records everything that happens to us. From that point on, all of our lives go into that like a library. And then we take on a mental body, which is a more, you know, it's a very refined body, but it's more limited than the soul body. You know, we can weigh, judge, analyze, criticize, things like that. And then we get an ego. And then the ego is an add-on. I mean, the ego is not who we are, but it's... um it's useful down here. And then in the fourth dimension, we get an emotional body and an astral body. And then down here, we get a physical body. As I understand it, what you're saying is, that, is a person's soul isn't entirely housed in the physical body. No, no, that's true. We, oh, we have a very limited access to who we are down here. I mean, they say, what, on a good day, we use 10 to 12% of our brain. So we have access to about 10 to 12% of who we really are. So if we're, if we're evolving, our spirit is evolving, is that, is that the premise here? That yeah. we, if, uh, but if it's pure to start out with, why does it need evolving? I'm a little confused there. Well, that's a very, very good question, Gwilda. And I think there are many philosophers that have contemplated the answer to that. And I think at a certain level, I mean, we can say, um, I mean, there's different stories. Like, there's this, these are all allegories, I'm sure, that, uh, you know, um, God's children were playing in heaven and they were not sharing with one another. So we got sent down to the lower worlds in order to experience uh, separation and, uh, and then choose of our own free will uh, love. And, you know, whether we think of it as human love, of our children, of our mates, of our parents, uh, but eventually God love. So of our own free will to choose unity. So that's one kind of answer. And another kind of answer, we can sort of say if we are all sparks in the body of God and we have a little bit of God within us, that's who we are, that we are the way that God is experiencing eternity rather well, let's, than just let's, kind of cloud let's, meditating. Again. Let's back. Let's let's up. back up. Let's back up again. Um, how are you defining God? I think um, you know we can call it different things. The Egyptians called it Atum. You know, uh, some call it Sukhmad. Uh, there are different names for God, but it's the universal intelligence that permeates everything. So, like the Native Americans would say, the spirit that moves through all things. Yeah, I love that. The Great Spirit, right? So what happens to our souls when we die then? If we're all fragmented out to start out with, I don't mean fragmented, but I mean layered, uh, then what happens when we die? What's that process? Well, you know, our higher self is parked up in the higher realms. For some people, the higher self is in the sixth dimension. For others, it's they've, you know, they've stayed long enough in the fifth dimension to achieve mastery, certain mastery in the fifth, but they may not have achieved it in the fourth or in the third dimension. I mean, most of us down here in the third, we haven't achieved mastery. We're still in school. So when we die, of course, we, you know, uh, we drop the body. And as you know from near-death experiencers, you know, there are different stories about people find themselves standing outside their body or hovering over their body in a hospital room. Then many times they see the tunnel. They go through the tunnel of light. Uh, on the other side, they wind up in a sort of a misty uh, antechamber area uh, before entering heaven. They meet this being of light, which some uh, think is an angel, some think is uh, Jesus, some think is Mary. And in the Eastern tradition, they think it's the Yamadutas, the 
death angels. Um, so this being, though, is actually us. It is actually our higher self, the angelic twin. And Jesus actually talks about the angelic twin. Uh, and this was, again, you know, most people don't know all this, but this is one of the reasons why I write these books is because I've studied so all where, where did So where, where is it documented that he spoke of the twin? Uh, read the book. Read the book. I mean, I actually wind up talking about it. The Essenes talk about So it's about documented it. in your book, not in the Bible. Uh, it's it's in his uh, teachings about the angelic twin, and where in, are the teachings? What I'm saying is, read read the book, Sweet Pea. I know you've got a lot of books to read. You interview a lot of people, but if you get a chance, do read the book. I'm asking uh, where you're getting your information that's in the book. You know, there are uh, apocryphal books like the Gospel of Thomas, uh, the Gospel of um, Philip all of those books that were taken out of the Bible because they teach spiritual technologies to help people to actually uh, realize who they are. Yeah, you know, I've heard of that before. When they were taken out, what, were they rediscovered? Yeah, in the Nag Hammadi text and the Dead Sea Scrolls, they found these apocryphal books. For example, in the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus says, when you make the two eyes into one, the inner into the outer, the outer into the inner, the male into the female, and the female into the male, then you shall see the kingdom of heaven. So if you don't know what, you know, if you're not an initiate and you don't know what this means, it sounds like gobbledygook. But if you understand the spiritual technology, he's saying, when we balance the left and right sides of the brain, the masculine and feminine, and we join the two eyes, physical eyes into the third eye, which is in our forehead, we open up our inner sight, and then we gain access to the inner realms. Then we can have these direct divine experiences for ourselves. So are the accesses to the inner realms access to spirit? Is that what you're saying there? Yes. So so you're finding the divine from within. Yes. That's really, you know, of course the divine is all around us, but most people don't see it. But yes, it's gaining access into the uh, spiritual realms, into the temples of golden wisdom on the inner planes, into being able to sit at the feet of, of teachers or master teachers who work in these different temples for the upliftment of humankind. Temples being esoteric realms again. There are physical, be- there are bu- buildings. The physical world is a world of form. Okay, we look around us, we see houses, trees, cars, you know, we see grass and all of that. In the astral world, it's also a world of form. The fifth dimension, the mental plane, is also a world of form. So there are still grasses and trees and buildings and cities, crystal cities of light and temples that exist, but they vibrate at a higher frequency in the fourth and a still higher frequency in the fifth dimension. So again, esoteric as in unseen by most people. By most people, yes. But if you're traveling in the fourth dimension, you can see them. If you're traveling in the fifth dimension, you can see them. And that's why soul travel is really something we we could learn. You know, astral travel, you can only travel into the third, the astral plane, the fourth dimension, or the third dimension. Okay, so what's, what's the difference between astral and soul travel? Astral travel is a connection through the navel with what's called the silver cord. 
Okay, soul travel, you're going literally up through the, the third eye, that tijra till in the center of the forehead, and the pineal gland and the crown chakra at the top of the head. With soul travel, you can travel into any plane, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh dimension. With astral travel, just like the physical body, you can only go to the physical world, because uh, it's in the third dimension, the astral body in the fourth dimension can only go to the fourth dimension or that which is under it in vibration. Which so astral, astral is more like um, by locating in, in the physical world but outside of time, space, and physicality? Astral, uh, the astral body looks just like the physical body, uh, except it's, uh, it vibrates with a white blue light called, a, they call it the Nuri Sarup, the light body. Okay. The Nuri Sarup is a, a high vibrational body, but it looks just like it. But if you've had your arm cut off, for example, you still have your arm in the astral form. This is why people talk about phantom limbs. So, um, the astral body can fly, it can travel. Many times we have flying dreams. Sometimes that's astral travel. Sometimes that would be soul travel. But the astral travel uh, body only can travel to the fourth dimension and below. It can't get up into the fifth or the sixth or whatever. Well, it sounds like some of this is pretty, pretty spontaneous. There are practices, though, that you can start to get a discipline for this. Is that true? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, first off, you know, I think um, the spine, the kundalini, you know. Well, you, I'm you sorry. We're, we're just, a, we're just about out of time. Yeah, it's time for a no break. Problem. On the other side, though, I'd really like to get into what exactly is the evolution of the soul. Time for another quick pause, Tricia, and I will return to our discussion shortly. So you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 20... The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Eight years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests. The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. As evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, 
by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing leading-edge information, supporting the path to enlightenment. We're speaking with Tricia McCannon. Her website, TriciaMcCannonSpeaks.com. So, Tricia, what exactly is the evolution of the soul? Well, I think it is the journey that we all take from, you know, um, unconscious unity uh, where we haven't developed individuation uh, down through these planes in order to come into finally the physical world to experience separation and many times suffering along with it and then to make a different choice, to make the choice of our own free will uh, towards light, towards unity, towards love, uh, towards self-awareness, uh, towards self-realization. And this is, of course, why, you know, in Greece, the, the uh, lentil over the opening to uh, the Greek mystery schools, the very first commandment was to know thyself. And, of course, that takes, takes a long time, as we were speaking about earlier. So you talked about all the different levels um, that we move through or develop uh, or flesh out with our, with our essence as we're coming in. How many of those levels can we know? Well, we're in the physical world, and you know, earlier you had spoken about amnesia, which I think is really a great, a great thing. It's amnesia is one of the most frustrating things for most of us that come down into the physical world. We we spend our whole life asking, "Who are we?" And um, those are very deep questions. Uh, as I said, we only have access to about 10 to 12% of who we are down here. But when we meditate, when we begin to open up our inner senses of clairaudience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, claircognitive ability, our healing ability, our connection with nature, our connection with animals, what happens is we begin through the power of the heart, the power of love, uh, through the power of, if you will, the Holy Spirit, uh, to uh, make that connection with the sacred and the divine in everyone and everything. And then we begin to get more access to who we truly are because we're in the flow of the universe. So is, you it, know, a, is, it, a form of, is it a form of resonance? Yes, a form of resonance. But it's like a, there's a wave that goes out uh, and there's a wave that goes into the center, like the infinity symbol. And when you begin to resonate with love, you begin to catch the wave that goes into the center, and then the universe moves to support you. The right people come your way, the right opportunities come your way. Uh, you know, when you are in the 
evolutionary curve of going out in uh, devolution, basically, uh, you wind up many times being in conflict, there's struggle, there's stress, you're at odds with everyone and everything. It just feels like life is a complete struggle instead of that you're being supported by the universe. Well, you know, I, I understand this, and I'm also wondering if we come with those challenges in mind so that we can experience that very thing. Because isn't this, uh, like you said, unity or God experiencing itself? Yeah, I think it is. God experiencing So why would, we, why would we evolve beyond what we came to do? What do you mean? Well, if we came to have these particular lessons, why would we choose other lessons? Why would we evolve beyond what we came to do this time? If it was it's here to have an experience versus climb back up the ladder of frequency, if you will. Well, are you saying that what we've come to experience is um, going to prison or uh, being murdered or raped or abused? Could be. Could be. Why do those well, things happen? Let me say that I think that our choices have consequences. And I think that our, our choices, uh, you know, you can just look at it. If you, if you steal or rob or whatever the consequences are, you might get caught and you might go to prison. So that's a choice. Uh, you didn't have to choose to do that. Uh, if you raped somebody, you, have, you had a choice. You didn't when, have when to do those, choose to do that. When, when do those choices begin? Do they begin before we incarnate? Do we choose what we're going to experience when we come in this time? I don't think any soul chooses uh, to come in and do dastardly deeds. I think that uh, when we get down here, we lose such a connection with our soul self, many people, because of maybe the childhood that they had or the environment that they were in or the way that they were programmed, that we lose connection with our true self, our higher self. And, so what, know, what would be the purpose of that? Everything seems to have purpose. Why would we well, put ourselves through that experience? Well, I, again, I, I believe that, that there is a... Um, we have a choice, as I was saying, every single day. We have a choice to make. And free will is what the purpose is down here. This is a free will planet. We can choose to suffer as long as we want to. But we can also choose to end the suffering. We can choose to end it for ourselves, and we can also help other people to end it unless they're completely committed to staying in the suffering. So when you, um, um, in your belief system, do, do we, you, we don't choose to come, and we don't choose to leave? We don't choose. You're asking if we choose to come down here. Yes, I think we do choose to come down here. And do we choose yes. the circumstances we come into? Yes, but many times those circumstances are determined by our past actions. In other words, we have sown certain seeds, and we must reap those seeds. Perhaps, you know, we, we, uh, we were the abuser in a past lifetime, so we have to experience being abused. But that doesn't mean we have to stay in that loop forever. That's called the PVR uh, triangle, the persecutor, victim, and rescuer triangle. And about 85% of the world is playing that game where they're, you know, they're the victim one moment, then they're the persecutor the next, then they run around and they think they're the rescuer. It's a, it's a triangle that gets, you know, we get looped into it. 
So perhaps we have karma that we have to pay off in order to learn compassion uh, for other people's suffering, but we don't have to stay for our whole lifetime in that suffering. What creates karma? What, what exactly are you talking about with karma? That's an interesting term, and I've heard lots of different definitions. It's cause and effect. You know, when you, uh, uh, when you sow a seed, the seed can either sprout if you don't tend it, or if you tend it, it can grow into a beautiful plant or a beautiful tree or a beautiful bush. So we have karma consequences constantly, either positively or negatively. You know, we nurture a relationship, and it blossoms and blooms. We nurture a business. It blossoms and blooms. We nurture our consciousness, our meditation, our spiritual life. It blossoms and blooms. Or we don't. Uh, we eat terrible food, and we find ourselves getting fat. We, we, we uh, never exercise. We find ourselves uh, losing our muscle tone. There are consequences all the time. Now, we're the ones who pay the consequences when we eat the terrible food or when we, you know, uh, cease to be healthy or when we, uh, you know, cheat on our spouse and our spouse leaves us. Many times we're the ones who pay the consequences. And so, you know, we either learn the lesson in this lifetime, so maybe then we don't have to repeat it, or if we did not learn the lesson, then usually we wind up repeating the lesson until we eventually do learn it. So why do we come back and back again and again and again and again? What's, what's the purpose of that? Is that just to clear up karma? Well, it can be. It depends on your level of evolution. I mean, there's some people that have come back to this planet in divine service to uplift others. Those are, you know, the, the bodhisattva vow. You know, some of the great spiritual masters like Kuan Yin have taken that. I'm sure Jesus took that vow. You know, um, Buddha has probably taken that vow. These are souls who have freed themselves from the wheel of samsara or the wheel of suffering, the wheel of becoming enlightened. They have become enlightened. And they can either choose to, you know, uh, stay in the fourth dimension and serve, stay in the fifth dimension and serve, to, uh, or they can choose to take an incarnation and come back here. So, you know, it's, it's not just one or the other. There's a, there's a whole uh, gray scale from people who are totally stuck like flies on, in, on flypaper to people who, you know, have cleared up a lot of karma, but they're still uh, learning lessons. They're still trying to awaken. Uh, they're, strong, they're good people. They may or may not be metaphysical, but they're doing good works in the world. And they're trying to live a life of kindness and love. You know, one, one thing I, I still keep getting stuck on, and that's if we are pure essence, we are pure souls, why do we devolve in the first place in order to evolve? What's, you know, what's, what's the whole game about, here? It's about giving us free will choice. It really is. And some souls, when you give them free will choice, it's like they're, they're hearing the divine music of the spheres and, you know, the, they, they suddenly can't hear it. Some souls are like, don't you remember that beautiful tune? Don't you remember? Let's all try to sing it together. We can create it. Other people are like, hey, I can't hear that song anymore. Oh, what the hell? I'll go make my, you know, I'll go, you know, uh, have a rampage and, you know, throw a, a, a temper tantrum because I'm angry. Some souls, you know, feel like they've been abandoned or betrayed. Those souls are dealing with anger. 
Some souls feel like they're alone down here. Those souls are dealing with fear. Some souls feel like they're not worthy. And those souls are, are, feeling with, are dealing with uh, sadness. So well, we'll have to look into that a little bit further because it's a very interesting topic. But we're about to run out of time in this segment. Um, we do need to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to go deeper into why do we keep coming back? I still want to know. Tricia and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? 
Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit iconquality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. To suggest a topic or a guest, email us, info at missionevolution.org. Our guest this hour is Tricia McCannon. Her website, TriciaMcCannonSpeaks.com. Tricia, we were still trying, or at least I was trying to understand, why we keep coming back. And there's another interesting part about that. We have amnesia when we come back as a rule. So we can't even remember our past lessons. How does that work? You know, oh, I love that when we were talking about this earlier, it is so frustrating that we have amnesia. And I think a lot of people feel that way. So they can, you know, really relate. Um, I think that there are a lot of reasons why we have amnesia. Maybe for people like you and me, it's really super frustrating. But let's just say you had a life of a lot of bitterness or a lot of sadness or a lot of loss or a lot of regret. Um, I think that the intention behind kind of, um, you know, wiping everything clean uh, in the conscious mind at least, although it resides in the deeper subconscious mind all the past lives that we've had, uh, is to give us a fresh start so that our um, mistakes or our regrets or losses or sadnesses don't weigh us down and stop us. Uh, When you think about it, um, you know, when we're young, we're uh, like uh, most of us are happy and joyous, and we have a lot of uh, vibrant energy to, like, take on the world and so forth. And sometimes when we get older, maybe it's because the physical body begins to wear out. Uh, we become a slower, more seasoned, and, you know, we, make, we don't make the same kinds of um, decisions. We make decisions based on security and money and safety and you know I don't want to run down and take skiing lessons because I could hurt my knees 
when we're young, we're like the world is our oyster. You know, we're invincible. And so I think that in every lifetime we get an opportunity to start again and to rewrite our history and to build on the knowledge that, that our soul has learned, even though our personality self, our conscious mind, is having to relearn it or be re-exposed to it. So uh, are, we, are we actually evolving then? I mean, if we, if we don't have any memory, how can we evolve through the reincarnation process? Do we, we well, just start the, over again every time? No, 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 we, we don't really. For example, I'm sure this has been true for you, Gwilda. There are probably certain things you've been attracted to, whether it's, you know, like the esoteric or the spiritual, the religious, or maybe certain foods. You love Italian or French food, or you love, you know, Italian furniture or colonial. Or th- These are all like echoes off of... Um, uh, past lives that we've resonated with, you know. Uh, for me, yeah, I have a strong history from Atlantis, Greece, Egypt, uh, the Druids, Native American, uh, the Chinese. These are some of the areas where I've incarnated. So I look around my house and I have Chinese furniture. I have beautiful medieval tapestries. You know, I have uh, things from the Far East uh, that, you know, I have Mary. I'm very strongly connected with Jesus. I have statues of Mary and Kuan Yin. And so these are all ways in which my soul self is speaking through, you know, my uh, choices of what I choose to surround myself with. And, of course, what am I drawn to? I'm drawn to the Egyptian mysteries, the Celtic, the Native American, all these things I've studied in this lifetime. They come from many, many lifetimes of having been an initiate in these paths in other lifetimes. So... Uh, are we in a better position to evolve at this particular time in history than in times past? I I think we are in a lot of ways. Um, on one hand, you know, just at the physical level, we're not having to churn our own butter and milk our own cows. And so even though we're busy, you know, in nine-to-five jobs and we've got traffic jams and things on the highway, we're in a place between, you know, radio shows like yours and the Internet and, um, you know, books on tape and, and libraries where we have much more access to knowledge, information of whatever it is we're really wanting to uh, uh, learn in this lifetime. And we can find a way, uh, you know, as long as we can pay our bills to make the time to do it because we're not having to go, you know, out uh, hunting to kill the meat to put on the table and skin it. Okay, so our our lives are are structured in different ways than they were even 150 years ago. Well, you know, um, I think a, a an interesting topic um, that this a good time to bring up is what is life purpose as you see it. Well, to me, uh, it's about love. I mean, it's really about a connection with the divine and seeing the divine and bringing more of, you know, enlightenment is bringing the light down into matter. It's not just about getting off this planet, you know. Uh, People have different ideas about what ascension is, you know. But it's not just about how fast can I, you know, get off the planet. No, while I'm down here, what good can I do? How can I help my fellow man or fellow woman? How can I raise the consciousness? And you're doing the same thing with your show, you know, what drives you? Those deep abiding questions that humans have been asking for thousands of years. Who am I? Who is God? You know, what are we doing down here? 
uh, how can we have a better life, how can we help others. I think those are the underlying questions of all of mankind for anyone who's a deep thinker. But then within that, it seems like it's kind of universal, those people that are feeling that they want to be of service or this or that. They, there's just always this kind of burning feeling that they have a purpose and they're trying to find it. How, how can a person find their life purpose, their individual one? Well, again, I, 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 I think that, you know, that's a very personal question for every single person. But I will just tell you, I'm an astrologer and a clairvoyant. And when you look at the astrology chart, the natal chart of anybody, it's literally like when they were up in heaven with their guides and they came up with what their mission was going to be, it's encoded to a large degree in the natal birth chart. Now, it, you may see, like, in, in, in this chart, it's like you're going to work with uh, animals or you're going to work with children, you're going to work with um, uh, families. That would be very Cancerian or help the earth. Uh, Aquarian, you're going to help to uh, raise consciousness. Uh, people have a lot of things, let's say, in the sixth house. They might wind up being healers, doctors, or nurses. Or so are you saying that the, the blueprint for our life purpose is actually in our natal chart? A lot of the blueprint, yes. If you can look through that filter, and, you know, there are many wonderful astrologers out there, and they all look through different filters. But because I'm a clairvoyant who's done 6,000 soul readings for people around the world, the filter I look through is who is this soul, why do they come to this planet, and how can we see their purpose laid out in their chart? And so how, how, how do we reconcile that with um, free will? Again, if this wasn't dictated to them. They met with their guides before they ever came in. You know, the guides knew exactly what their strong points were and their weak points, and they figured out what the plan was. I want to come in and be a violinist or a musician, or I want to be a teacher, or I want to be a mother and have a family this time. So or you are saying we do, we do choose um, what our life's path is going to be to a certain extent. We do. We do choose. And then... The chart is laid out. The guides go to work to try to help us be born at the right time and place to give us the right chart. Uh, excuse that, me, who, who are the guides? Well, we all have guides. We all have individual guides that have been assigned to us. And most of us have two or three of them. And we usually have one that sticks with us through our whole life, but the others may be particular to your mission. For example, a housewife who just, you know, gets married and has babies and all that, and her, let's say in her 30s or 40s she wakes up and she wants to start uh, opening up to being a healer. One of her guides, knowing that was her life plan, as long as she's on target with her plan, winds up coming online when she of her own free will gets to the point of saying, I want to begin to develop my healing abilities, or let's say my writing abilities, or my teaching abilities. So you might have guides that are specific to certain segments of your life to assist you with that if it's part of your plan. But people can come down here and get off of their plans. I mean, most of the people that I read for, I'd say they're 70% on their life plan. But there are certain people who are literally, they're so caught up in materialism or lust or greed or drama or chaos or whatever that they're not even living what their original plan was. How can, a person, how can a person tell if they're living their life purpose? Well, that's what I'm saying. When you look at a chart, you can see, you know, you can, the person sitting right there, and you can say, well, this is what it says. 
And they'll be like, oh, my God, that's so me. That's so me. That's so me. Oh, my God, that's great. Oh, now I have a direction. Now I have more clarity. Okay, that's the normal response. So you're saying that to get your chart read might give you a, a feeling whether you're on your, your course or not. Yes, absolutely. And when you say how can you tell if you're living according to your life plan, at a personal, emotional level, if you find yourself joyous and happy when you're getting up in the morning and you're looking forward to life as a great adventure, the chances are you're on your path. There you have it. Joy is, is, the, is the marker, isn't it? Uh, you know, Trisha, time has absolutely flown, but unfortunately we're about out of it. And thank you so, so much for coming on the show and sharing your viewpoint. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You bet. Our guest this hour has been Tricia McCannon, author of The Angelic Origins of the Soul, Discovering Your Divine Purpose, clairvoyant, historian, and teacher. Her website, TriciaMcCannonSpeaks.com. For our amazing past episode collection, visit our website, www.MissionEvolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as this mission continues to bring information, resources, and support to you in our evolving world. genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas. To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save.